1: This is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs and welcome to a special podcast as we celebrate the life of our great friend Andy Smart, comedy store player, ball runner, cheese chaser, Crestor runner, Farnborough fan and above all else lovely man and a, a good friend to both of us who we suddenly
2: and tragically lost two weeks ago at the age of just 63. Yeah, it's Andy's funeral today, hence why we're not presenting the show this afternoon, but we thought it was an appropriate time to reflect on some of our favourite memories of Andy's many hundreds of appearances on the show after the last two decades, over the last two decades, I should yeah.
1: say. I mean, there were so many times when, you know, we'd be doing an outside broadcast and we're saying, we've not had Andy Smart in for a long time because mm. he was always guaranteed gold. He'd always have a story, whether it was an old story or whether... It was something he'd recently done.: Good stories and good atmosphere. He created a good yeah. atmosphere
2: because he was so so much fun.
1: He was a great giggler and he, he always contributed, which is why we always had uh, we always loved to get him on. And mm. I think why he was very popular with the listeners. Um, as you said, that, that kind of atmosphere he created.
2: So and a fantastic sporting knowledge. Yeah. He? He really no, he was.
1: absolutely did. You know, he loved sport. He was someone who kept kind of weird hours because of the comedy store. Mm. So you'd often see him sort of uh, wake up in the morning and see he'd been tweeting at three o'clock <laughs> yeah, in the morning. That's how I'd watching... know
2: about the World Series and then yeah. so I'd
1: see Andy's tweets. <laughs> watching baseball live. Aussie Rules was another great love yep. of his. He yep. was uh, into that. But um, you knew him longer than I did because you worked with him for on Channel 4, didn't you?
2: Yeah. Yeah, um, funnily enough, on this year, I'm just looking at a text that I sent to him, because he did a thing about it being 35 years since he presented the Super Bowl. Yeah. This was in February, and I, I said him, I can't believe it's 35 years. I shall go and have an iced coffee to celebrate, or a coffee with ice in it. This is a story about how... <laughs> the thing is, I'd only met him six weeks earlier. I, I ended up... I wrote, it's a long, complicated story, but he was doing the Channel 4 American football, and although they were doing it okay, they were making a lot of factual errors. And Mm. I knew a lot about the sport, so I wrote to Derek Brandon, who was the producer, and said, look, I can help these guys. Yeah, I think they're good, but I can help them. So that's how he got. And then six weeks later, I was out in San Diego doing the Super Bowl with them, (laughs) standing at the back of the. This was him and Angelo, the vicious boys. Yeah, that's right. They were were kind of street performers. They They won street performers of the year. They were brilliant, weren't they? Absolutely brilliant. And their guest, and they were quite punky looking at the time. Yeah. And their guest was the ultra straight. Miami Dolphins legendary coach Don Shuler. Yeah. It was such a mad combination, really. And the, the, so those two sort of dicking around and yeah. very straight Don Shuler. Shuler. And Don Shuler looking at them and <laughs> thinking, nonplussed, and, wondering what was going on. And my mother at the time, it was in Miami, and my mother at the time lived in Miami and she liked coffee with she'd put a cube of ice in it to cool it down right so, so don shuler i was like the not only was home but i was kind of the runner on the show as well right so don shuler wanted a nice coffee yeah so i brought him back a coffee with a cube of ice <laughs> in it and he had a ridiculous look <laughs> yeah we always had that joke together so yeah, yeah it was
1: fun well it was i only kind of got to know him through through you because mm. when we first started doing the show you said, oh, Andy knows his sport. it will be good. And I think we got him in to do a couple of American sports things. Yeah. And then, of course, because of his love of Farnborough and
2: he was into his football... And then he just became this I kind of... I remember a very early uh, um, one, of the St. Patrick's Day in a pub in London with That's him. right. I think that was one of the earliest OBs yeah. we did with him, which yeah. was and I remember with Paddy Power and him. Finishing and the show at four, I think standing in the bar to about
1: 10, 11 with him. So uh, he never said no to anything. And no. I think that's what he always... Every opportunity that came <laughs> along, on the off chance it could lead to something else he said yes to and mm. that like, he kind of lived he his life he said yes to like life that. he did yeah it's uh, it's an amazing way it's a tough way mm. to uh, to live it because you take a lot of risks but he was a mm. bit of a risk taker wasn't he absolutely we're so really we're going to reflect that you'll hear a little bit of children because what we have decided to do is take a look back over some of our favorite moments and ultimately it, it led to a book deal because he contacted us one day and he says, I had a publisher come to me. They've heard me on your show a few times mm. and they want to do a book. It's incredible, isn't it? Um, so that's it. It came about. It was his autobiography, 2019. It was called A Hitch in Time. And uh, we got him into the studio obviously talk about it once it was published. Mm. And uh, this just kicked you off with this story. He was telling us about the time he was studying at university in Liverpool and how it regularly took him to Anfield to watch Liverpool play.
3: Station A, which was sort of the central Liverpool police station, uh, on a Saturday morning, we, if you, we found that if you walked up and down between about 10.30 and 11, they'd always want someone for a police line-up around there. <laughs> <laughs> and you used to get two pounds for a police line-up. And uh, me and Jed Smith and Jed McCormick, we used to come <laughs> down there, and the police would come out and go, oh, not you three again, all right, come on then. And we'd all go in and then we'd stand in the line, and me and Jed would have competitions to see if we could get picked. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> not a good thing, is it,
2: really? It's
1: not clever.
3: <laughs> um, and then one time we were in there and the policeman came in and he said, right, uh, before I bring the uh, accused in, I want you all to take your shoes off. And, we, and I just went, why? <laughs> and he went well because he's got blood all over his. And we <laughs> went well. He obviously did it then, didn't he?
0: <laughs>
3: and he went yeah, but we need an identification. So we all had let take our shoes off and show her wow. the potatoes in our socks.
1: So you used to uh, use that money to go and buy tickets. To well, go that is Liverpool.
3: yeah. Then that was like then it was like fifteen uh, p on the bus to Anfield. It was yeah. one pound fifty to get in the cop, and then uh, and then you'd have. Uh, money to a bit of money for a hot dog and a and, and bus trip oh, right? yeah. oh man They're the kids are listening yeah.
2: two one, pounds one pound fifty is plenty yeah. Was,
3: yeah, yeah, was, yeah yeah was well, it was, yeah it was uh, what was it uh, 25p a pint in those days. God. Yeah, you get four, eight pints for two quid. <laughs> <laughs> man, that's
1: good. And um, that was a good Liverpool side. You went some of those great oh, glory, man. glory nights in
3: Europe, you got to, didn't you? Fantastic, yeah. I mean, that, I can remember when they lost to Forest in the semi final, and mm. um, uh, Shilton saved a penalty, I think. And um, I've never seen 12,000 grown men cry before. It was just. <laughs> <laughs> the whole of the cop was just sobbing that they'd gone out of the. It was, I mean, they were so emotional on the cop in yeah. those days. <laughs> yeah,
1: that was just a kind of example of the sort of stuff the book is uh, full of. <clears throat> um, he, he also, I mean, it was, it's all about how he spent sort of much of the late seventies, early eighties, hitchhiking. Again, that, that thing of never saying no, no. getting in anybody's car. There's a few, a few hairy moments in there, and quite a lot of ridiculous stories of what would happen to
3: him uh, when he hitchhiked. The main story is a uh, hitch that I did in '82, which was uh, I, I I had this unrequited <laughs> love affair with this woman who didn't really want to know anything about me, <laughs> and uh, we'd had the riots in Liverpool, and it was 45 yeah, and it, it, it was 45 unemployment in Toxis where I lived, so it was just I needed to I needed to get uh, out of Liverpool, so I decided to sell everything and and hitchhike round Europe mm. uh, for the summer. And it was the uh, Spanish World Cup, so I, 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 on my birthday, the 16th of June, it was England <coughs> versus France in Bilbao, so that was the main yeah. aim of the, of the trip. So I set off in uh, the start of June and just sort of headed south, really. Wow.
2: It's amazing, isn't it, to Did, be able to do that? And you've
3: met along the way. I mean, generally, yeah. you've met a few... <laughs> you've met a a dodgy few weird, people. Yeah. A few weird people. A, a few weird you people, people you tell but you, stories. You, you take something from every lift. I mean, that was yeah. the joy of hitchhiking. I mean, it's, it's a shame that people can't do it now, because uh, I think People are just scared now, but I mean, you got to meet so many different people. You got to hear different uh, points of view. You got to to learn things from almost everyone. You g- who gave you a lift would tell you something interesting, and um, and I. I, I, I... I used to get bored of saying telling the same story over and over so I would just make it up that I was like a dry stone wall builder or <laughs> I'd tell them that I was a mole catcher and I was you know there was, there was a big infestation down in Norfolk and that's where I was headed and I was just, but
1: people just... take you in don't they at different times you know you, they, they say where you're headed for it's a cold night and people say oh look come and stay at our place and there'd be a concern about doing that now but yeah. you know you were mm. trusting and you yeah. did that and generally you, well, yeah. you came up came up trance, I mean I was
3: you? I was in a position of privilege but you know a, a, a white male but yeah. you know I, I don't think there were as many wi- women hitchhiking but it was um, yeah people would just uh, just say look you're not going to get a lift why don't you come and stay and it was uh, there's a couple in the book and one of them was uh, um, I, I was hitching back from my first ever Edinburgh and um uh, got picked up by two young lads, a guy called Billy and his and his brother, and they said, "Look, like, you're not going to get a lift past Selkirk. That's where we're going. Why don't you come and stay at ours?" And it was a big house with, and they took me in, and it was like at one in the morning. They said, "We'll tell our parents that you're that you're staying," and they put me in the African room, which was this massive bedroom <laughs> with like with like masks and shields wow. and 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 assegai on the wall <laughs> and. Um, they said breakfast at 8 30, but I didn't have a watch, so I didn't know what the time was, but I could hear people moving about. So I got up and washed me washed my face yeah. and hair. Went downstairs and there was a bloke cooking breakfast in in, in the kitchen in his dressing gown. <laughs> And I said, uh, hello. And he went, oh, you're the, uh, you're the hitchhiker then. And he turned around and it was Sir David Steele. <laughs>
0: no. And I just,
3: yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. And uh, and Lady Steele made me a, a whole uh, bag of sandwiches
0: for oh, my trip to, take, back to Liverpool. To take on the road. <laughs> yeah.
1: There's a story. You were looking for a lift from Leicester to Coventry. Hot yeah. day. You'd wait for nearly an hour. Then a lorry stopped, big articulated lorry. You ran yeah. down the slip road. And climbed in. The driver's a small, chubby man wearing what looked like a woman's blouse. Yes. <laughs> Pick up the story, Mister Smart. Well, I was,
3: <laughs> uh, you know, I was, I was just happy to get a lift at first, and I was looking out the front of the cab, and it's it's nice being in front of a big lorry cab and and seeing the whole road. Mm, uh, yeah. And wow. uh, but occasionally, I'd sort of like out the corner of my eye, I'd sort of glance over because I couldn't work out whether it was a blouse or not, and then. He just sort of went. Oh, I see you've noticed my breasts, and I went, what? And he sort of <laughs> hoisted his his top up, and he had a bra on. And I said, oh right, <laughs> like you do. Yeah, yeah. And he said, uh, he said, oh you, you're probably wondering what these are. And I said, well, <laughs> you know, they're breasts, aren't they? <laughs> Why have you got them? And he said, well, and what had happened was he uh, when the Beatles had gone over to um, Hamburg. Hamburg mm-hmm. Um, he was a young man and he decided to follow them over he was—he wanted to be a singer in a rock and roll band and he got to Hamburg and uh, he'd, he'd sung with a couple of bands but it hadn't really worked out and then he'd become uh, one of the guys who stands on the Reaper Balm outside a, one of the clubs and tries to get people to go in and have a drink Yeah, and the owner said look I'll give you 10,000 yeah. pounds if you'll have these breasts because it'll be it'll it'll get people into the club. (laughs) And he went, yeah, all right then. He said, yeah, all right then. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because he thought I thought, oh, you know, I'll do it for a year or two, and then I, you know, then I'll get the removed. Because he used the money, he got a band going with the money. Yeah, he got a band going, but again, they didn't, they didn't really make it big, and he came back (laughs) with no money to get the the reversal done and then he thought, well, you know, I'll I'll get a job with the lorry so he he took his test and he, he became a lorry driver and then he started saving up and then he met this woman and then they started having kids and then they needed a house and he, and he just never got round to getting the money together. But he actually met a woman even with these... Yeah, of, yeah. Oh, oh know, yeah. Put you off <laughs> <wasn't> it. <laughs> oh, I think he might. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> those teeth had put me off yeah, yeah, earlier yeah. on.
1: <laughs> Frighting the life out of people. <laughs> Was he, did he have a, a, a big cleavage? Oh, I don't to go into details. I don't, know. <laughs> details, do I don't I know. know. I
3: didn't see him from the front.
1: I only yeah. saw him from the side. If he'd gone push-up.
3: But you say... In the book, Andy'd be in his 70s now, so if he's, yeah, out, yeah. There if he's you, out there listening, you he, know he, he is. He lived up in uh, in Lancashire, so yeah, uh, up
1: near Burnley, he said. So, Did uh, he ever get the money? Maybe we can crowdfund it now. <laughs> yeah.
2: Did he ever do page three? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, Andy, stop it. You're a bad man. Yeah, oh, funny. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. Well, I mean, one of the other mm. things we always chatted to Andy mm. about was Pamploma, the running of the balls. And he fell in love with the place. Lord yeah. knows how many times... He was a real expert on he it. He went there. You know, no, he and absolutely and he loved was. It. But uh, he talked about this in the book, and, and this kind of it was put in Pamplona, where he sort of found his calling as a street performer and a comedian.
3: I ended up in Pamplona to do the to do my first bull run, and then had, I, I, I was very dehydrated. And, I wonder uh, why that was. <laughs> Was it the hot conditions? It was hitching across the desert with a hangover, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, I, and then when you get to Pamplona, people just thrust gl- um, bottles of wine in your hand. Mm. And the next thing I knew, I was—I'd uh, fell asleep in, on a, on a landing in a, inside someone's house. And when I woke up, all my mo- all my money and my passport and uh, camera, everything had been stolen. So I thought, right, um, I still wanted, to, and, and I could hear the run in the background. Uh, when I woke up, that's what had woke me up so I thought well I'm going to have to stay another day and do the run because I really wanted to do my first run Uh, so I went to uh, the the police station and I went to uh, someone very kindly lent me a fiver um, in, in Besaitas and I managed to Sort of stormy bag and get some bottles of water, and then I, I borrowed four oranges off American woman and uh, juggled in the square for eight hours and made about eighty quid and I thought, which was a lot of money in those yeah. days. And I thought, well, this is it. I've I found my my metier. I'm going to be a juggler, and uh, and that sort of started me off at Covent Garden. Then I went to Covent Garden juggled there, met Angelo Abella, and, and uh, we formed the Vicious Boys. And that's sort of where the book sort of ends. Yeah, within sort of. Uh, six months of meeting Angelo, we had our own TV show and I was making quite a lot of money. And then wow. amazing. And then I spent all that money on, on travel. I went around the world three times and then that's the sort of start of the, the next phase after that. So. That's the
1: next story. The thank yeah. yous uh, are interesting as well. Some of, the, some of the thank yous in the book. You, you thank some unlikely people including yeah. uh, the front
3: man of the excellent band Elbow, Guy Garvey. Well, yeah, Guy was. uh, Because I uh, had about eight months living with Guy's sister, Karen, Hmm. uh, uh, and two other girls in a flat in a house in Liverpool, and went to her wedding and. because I didn't really know anyone at the wedding, she said, oh, could you look after my six-year-old brother? And that was Guy. So I spent the whole day looking after a six-year-old <laughs> really? Guy Garvey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> playing, playing football with him. Playing football with him in the, in the, uh, in the, <laughs> <laughs> in the church car, car park. Yeah. Have you met well. him since? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. well, he, he used to come remember? to the... Sto- yeah, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. he yeah. remembers. He, he used to come to the comedy store in Manchester. Uh, uh, we used to do a show up there every Thursday, and he used to come regularly and watch it. And then, and then, weirdly, we did, when we did the 12 Angry Men in... Uh, all the comics doing the, the, the play, the Twelve Angry Men. We took it to Adelaide Festival mm. and uh, and Wellington and Perth. But in Adelaide, we were sat in a restaurant, and he came down and uh, he came and sat at the table next to us. Wow! And I went, "All right, guy." And he went,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> "So we went Funny. to see him in Adelaide."
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. What a fantastic story, one of Andy's uh, many. And um, I, um, Elbow's manager, uh, Phil, mm. is a. a big fan of the show and listens all the time and he was listening to the show and he heard Andy had, had passed away and uh, he said how sad he was and uh, had made a donation to Crisis. Great. And I reminded Phil hmm. that uh, uh, Guy had known Andy back in the day and he had a little kick around with him when he was a kid and, uh, and Phil said that's probably about the last time Guy ever kicked a football <laughs> so he'll still remember that as well. Now uh, the other thing was the documentary made a documentary with Nick Hancock for the ninety eight World Cup around the Iranian football team and mm. a huge game against the u s a at that tournament and uh, Andy and Nick became kind of part of the Iranian squad, you know, a couple of Westerners going in there oh, no. to tell their story. They were very well received and so when Iran got to the two thousand and fourteen World Cup and we were out there working for talk sport. Andy flew out, and uh, he <laughs> stayed in Brazil. We stayed brilliant. in Rio, and we spent an awful lot of time together. We had a lot of fun, us. didn't we? We did have a lot of fun. He was with us for the week. And again, he had stories, didn't he? He just stayed with this family on the outskirts of one of the favelas, I think, <laughs> and just sort of kicked in one of their spare bedrooms. Very
2: typical, though. Yeah,
1: right? that was just... But he said he, he got to know them and met yeah, the family yeah. and absolutely loved it. And, we, we, yes, we got chatting about that. We got onto the subject... Of our night out, we'd all had together uh, while we were over in Brazil. Andy, I think it's worth having a chat about uh, why you followed, why you came to Iran, Nigeria. You have a bit of previous with Iran, don't you?
3: Yeah, yeah. In 98. I was lucky enough to make a documentary, well, a comedy documentary with Nick Hancock, where we followed the Iranian team around the French World Cup, and I was. Uh, very, very lucky to be in Tehran the night they beat USA 2-1, or the Great Satan as we like to call them. And
2: uh, <laughs> oh, yeah.
3: it was, it was uh, an amazing night. At three o'clock in the morning, there was sort of uh, about three and a half million people on the streets, no alcohol involved, just going crazy. It was wonderful. Yeah. Uh, you, you featured in that little moment
1: because you were telling me last night they they wanted a shot of you uh, in in Tehran in the square when that was going on.
3: And oh there's yeah. There was a slight fear they might think you were American. Well, the fixer said I wouldn't get out the car if I. Was you <laughs> because they'll think you're American, they might beat yeah. you up. And I said, well, I'm not getting out of the car then. And the director <laughs> went, we need the shot. So I got out of the car. And before I knew it, I was being chased across this square. There was about 250,000 people in this square. And I got chased into the middle. There was a fountain which I climbed. And I turned around and I went, whoa, hang on. And I, said, <laughs> I said, right, I can name the team. And I went, Abadzada, Kakpour, Azizi, yeah. uh, Karimi, uh, Madavikia, and uh, Asteli." I went through the whole team. And they went, oh, he's all right. He knows the team.
2: <laughs> it's really Worked in your favour because you telling us the other night you yeah. to, you're, you're quite fated. They know you, don't they? Well, that was the weird
3: thing because I got off the plane in, in Sao Paulo because I was getting a connecting flight to Curitiba from there. So uh, I was waiting in the in the lounge. The immigration took forever, and while we were in the lounge, um, this bloke came up and he said, "Oh, I know you." He said, "I sat next to Nick Hancock during the Yugoslavia game in '98." Wow! <laughs> and I'm in the actual the the documentary. So I went, "Oh, hello." And then once he'd spotted me, then. Every Iranian in the hall, and they were all getting the same flight to Curitiba. So I was just—I must have had my photo taken with about thirty different Iranians. It's
1: fantastic. <laughs> and it was,
3: yeah. And, and then uh, we got to the game, and it was the same at the game. It was just—I was, oh, was just. Uh, I mean, it was nil-nil, but we all knew it was going to be nil-nil. with a, I had a, a nice little bet on it, and um, and uh, so I was quite happy with nil-nil. That was too mean. That was their—that was their big moment. Uh, so
1: anyway, we're going to. Uh, and <clears> you have got <throat> your food diet every have. day. I just this, what a feature this point. has become. <laughs> Beautiful.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, you wouldn't be, I don't want to be croaking all the way through Yeah, no, no. I So, anyway, touch.
1: this won't be news to Andy Smart because he witnessed most of this being uh, consumed. But, uh, Andy Jacobs, uh, let's have your uh, uh, Brazilian
2: food diary. Okay, I started off with a very nice uh, two scrambled eggs. I also made a couple of scrambled eggs for John Norman. Uh, I didn't eat them out of the pan, I ate them on a plate. That makes a change.
1: You made them out of the pan. You're like Cletus <laughs> the other day. Terrible.
2: With a roll. Then I had joined you at Budgen's for a croissant, pan no, au yeah. chocolat. We go to all the best coffee shops. <laughs> it's like but it's their version of Budgen's. they got a cafe on the back. It's a supermarket. It's the best ba- coffee we've found since we've been here. It's really mad. On the corner over there, you yeah. get
1: a glass of Instant.
0: <laughs> it's not great. Not that no. we're complaining. We're no. not
2: complaining. No. Where I had a croissant and a pan au chocolat. Uh, then at lunch with Mark Sagers, we had meat samosas and, and prawn croquettes, which were rather nice. <laughs> then during the... Uh, they were. This is what they want, isn't it? This is my favourite the people bit. from Sony this are ne- listening. <laughs> oh, yeah. This next beer. During, <laughs> during the game, uh, I ordered a cheesy donut. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this was weird, because it's basically
1: donut dough. It tastes just like a donut. Sweet. it's Sweet dough, yeah. yeah and when but... you bite into it, instead of... Jam or custard, it's a massive, or a lump, of it's a massive lump of hard processed cheese. I removed, uh, which Andy removed <laughs> surgically with his hand, like he's have taken someone's appendix out and dumped on the plate with his hands. And said, Does anybody else want that? Thought,
3: no, surprisingly, not <laughs> not till it stopped sweating.
2: Yes, yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I removed the cheese and yeah. used, used the donut mm. to absorb the beer. Yeah, so that yeah. was quite good after like, to an extent, anyway. <laughs> an more, extent. more of that to follow. <laughs> to extent. Then uh, in the evening, uh, having avoided the moose and telling him we weren't going anywhere, we popped along to. <laughs> too <It's laughs> so harsh this end. You're too just, don't be, you can be too honest. Galetto Sats, which is uh, one of the. We'll hear about I don't want to say what we said. It's a lovely chicken restaurant. Yeah. And uh, it's not unsurprisingly, I had chicken. Yeah, that's and, uh, right.
3: We had three whole chickens.
2: We had three. three four of us. It was
1: <laughs> a spring chicken, which allowed me to come up when he came up I said, Oh, you know spring chicken. So actually, you are. You are a spring chicken. yeah.
2: And uh, talk about a car Yeah, boat. we had
1: spring. And, had chips with it, rice. So You'll get enough carbs there, mate. Yeah. And what felt like dust. No, yeah. it,
2: was polenta.
1: <laughs> it was polenta. It was a kind semolina, of semolina,
2: yeah. Sem- hard. Bit of but egg. had, f- yeah, had fried, Hard egg fried scrambled polenta egg.
1: in a semolina dust and a whole chicken. That was <laughs> yeah, our, was our dinner really last night.
2: Honestly, I felt like Mo Farah before the London Marathon. Yeah, I like, we carved, really carved up,
1: that. Yeah. except that we <clears> didn't <throat> go and run 26 miles. We had a couple no, of drinks. Didn't no, we? and then I finished off with four caipirinhas, which Yes,
2: <laughs> quite pleasant.
1: Really. And by and he instigated the fo- Andy and I were quite a bit to go on, but oh, yeah. him and the producer getting a bit sort of fever pitch. <laughs> yeah. had to have another. Let's have one more, shall we?
2: Goodness sake. That's so sweet anyway, this. is that it?
1: Yeah. Now the the cornerstone of Andy's what he what he called a living, I'm sure, yes. was the comedy store players, and I mean he travelled the world. He had an incredible life, just travelling around the world, mm. performing for people, uh, just improv from a uh, on sort of cruise ships. Very good at it. They were always out in the Far East, working mm. a lot for expats overseas. Yeah. Yep. Him and the whole troupe had such a brilliant life uh, doing that. And um, one of the other performers from the Comedy Store Players joined us one year at Cheltenham along with Andy. It's his great mate and one of the uh, Comedy Store Players, Steve Frost. And they told us a few old war stories, didn't they, from life on the road overseas uh, with the Comedy Store Players.
3: Well, well you, yeah, we've you, been lucky enough did, to yeah. see racing all over the world. We've been to uh, Happy Valley in uh, in Hong Kong. We've done Singapore, Bangkok. Uh, we've done we, we actually went to the Kentucky Derby about uh, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that was that was one of the best days out we've ever had. We We flew down from New York. We were staying in a camper van. On the, in the, in a car park. the car park nice. of the <laughs> Twelve Flags amusement park. The <laughs> glamour, the glamour. Oh, yes, but, but one of the lads said uh, on the Friday night before the big race, he said, uh, "I've got, I, I've been invited to this party. Do you want to come?" And we, we, we all got in this car. We drove around Louisville for a while. We all got a bit lost, and then we turned up at this house, and it was Rikuda's party.
1: <laughs> Rikuda? <Ry> yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't in. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> we had a great time. Yeah. He was in I because
3: could... you you kept nicking his guitar and playing oh, oh, playing oh, punk oh, songs. him. Okay. Yeah. Like. <laughs> what
1: did Ry make of your old sort of seventies one, two, three, four parts? One, two, three, four, get your hair cut, get your hair cut. He loved it. Yeah. <laughs> he, put a, a bit, a
3: bit, he put a Louisiana tilt on it. he did a little bottleneck we, version of it. We, we got on like a house on fire, which is what happened, and they had to call <laughs> yeah. the fire again. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
2: the, the amazing thing is you also told us you went to the jockey club in Hong Kong. I uh, yeah. well, yeah. should yeah. say before the start of this story that both of you you're about six foot four, aren't you? Six six and you're about six you 6 6 6 you are about yeah. Six, yeah.
3: We were with, it, we were with a, a young Russian girl called Olga Notkina who was about <laughs> five foot two. And uh, we, we went to the Sha races in Sha Tin, but we were a South day early. Hong Kong. Mm. We, were, yeah. we were a day early. So the, uh, uh, they said, there's no racing today. So we said, oh, we'll get, is there a restaurant? And they pointed us in this door. We went in, we had a lovely dope soul. soul. Overlook, overlooking the, the, empty the empty racetrack. The only people there, eating fine wines and all those Beautiful. And then we, we said, we'd like to pay. They said, no, 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 you're jockeys. You don't have to pay. <laughs> <laughs> <Can> <laughs> we have your jockeys? Can we have your jockey number? And we went, is this, no. Was this for the Shartin Shire <laughs> horse meeting? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that's, that's what I said. Yeah. That's <laughs> we, we, with our legs. <laughs> so he said, jockey number. I went, four, three, one, two, oh, three, yeah. four. Cheche. Yeah. <laughs>
1: they obviously thought the lady, short lady yeah, with five foot yeah, two, they thought older. she was a jockey. They yeah. obviously did, yeah. So yeah. did you have to do so a I runner? Had, or no, we had
3: to go round all the tables no. where the other <laughs> diners were saying, "Could you, could you pay for our pill? <laughs> we'll give you the money." And, uh,
1: yeah. You also told us, and that it's a bit visual this, it's so you grow, can't, story, but yeah. you did tell us that uh, you had a run-in with a, a, a not a run-in, you had a kind well, of we a, had a, great a soul legend.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, we were back at Kentucky Derby on the Sunday. Everyone's leaving, so the airport's absolutely jam-packed, and there was nowhere to sit and we were a bit we were suffering from heat stroke and hangovers. And, <laughs> and, the, only <laughs> and the only two seats that were, were, were vacant were these massage, massage chairs. You, you, you put, oh, yeah. You put a dollar in oh, and oh, they would only last for about two minutes. And we thought, well, this is going to cost a fortune. So we yeah. just sat on the chairs and just shook our <laughs> shoulders. Miming as if like, as like if Ted on. And who walks past? <laughs> but Smokey Robinson. Smokey Robinson. <laughs> and who walks past <laughs> but Smokey Robinson? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the fast
1: show. <laughs> who else? Which yeah. was nice. And, we start to and he, to he thought
3: it was hilarious. And was he, he's got he, a beautiful voice when he talks. Has yeah. kind of, he really? The tears yeah, yeah. A cl- oh, beautiful. Oh. And then this, his wife came His up. wife was shopping, so he said, did you mind if I wait here with you two? Because you, you look like you're having fun. <laughs> 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 did you have the winner, Smokey? He was yeah. like... <laughs> Yes, Andy
1: was uh, an mm. amazing improviser. Obviously, he wouldn't spend that long at the comedy store if if mm. you were rubbish. And he was always happy to impart his knowledge for people that
2: weren't quite as good. He uh, was also a very good actor. I saw him in the um, Twelve Angry Men. Twelve Angry Men, and also the Dumb Waiter.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. Harold Pinter yeah. play. But he did. He would take plays up to Edinburgh, wouldn't he, and do that.
2: Yeah, brilliant.
1: But uh, he was uh, he was one of the kings of improv, and um, he used to kind of try and get Andy into it he used to try and get you to try and do a bit of improv didn't he um widely regarded the as the world's the world's worst actor Andy Jacobs and he thought if he could get a performance out of Andy Jacobs then he had certainly <laughs> arrived he could have a life as a teacher who knows? so anyway we're on an outside broadcast at Stamford Bridge and uh, this is Andy Smart trying to get Andy Jacobs to do a bit of improv Andy Jacobs you are yeah um, the manager of a football team, you're preparing your substitute, who is Andy Smart, uh, before coming on. So take it away.
2: Well, you know, very, very. He uh, <laughs> <laughs> said football manager. Yeah. <laughs> no, Andy, I, uh, I've picked you for a reason. I think you. Right, you're...
3: boss, right. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm ready. I'm ready.
2: I want you to go out there. I want you to use you to all do? the skills that you've got.
3: Run it up and down. Run up
2: and down. I can do that. I can do that. <laughs> I want you to uh, let him know you're there. Um,
3: Which way we kicking?
2: <laughs> no, come on, I'm serious. You're a bit thick, aren't you? Well, uh, You know, I don't oh really know. You know, are supposed to be building me up before I go
3: on. I can't believe
2: this, boss. That's it. That's one. That's one. Well, that's, that's one. tremendous, wasn't it? It fooled me. I just, I was in the moment there. So there we why are. you? Yeah, you, well, that's,
1: that's a start. Yeah. Are there are any brief cameos, and we'll be here all day, otherwise. Yeah, that's uh, true, yeah. So, uh, you, it's now the chairman, yeah. uh, and you've brought in the finance director, Andy Jacobs, you're the chairman of the football club, who isn't uh,
2: Roy Hodgson, unfortunately, no, no, from no, your sorry. point of view.
1: Uh, he can't do all the jobs. And uh, you're discussing uh, buying a new kit with your finance director, Mr. Andy Smart.
2: Well, you know, I've given up managing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just the one impression, but milk it. doesn't matter. Just It's all
2: right. doesn't matter.
1: Well,
3: no. it's, uh, you know, club have come on hard times now, and... Uh, I've, got, I've got some sarongs for them <laughs> you fancy a, a team of sarongs
2: this year? Who am I playing them? You're the, cha- <laughs> it's great. You're the chairman of
3: Roy, Roy Hodgson
2: No, uh, clear off Bates of here, I'm not wasting my money on that Rubbish Alright
3: then, uh, well maybe I could come up with uh, A couple of t-shirts with uh, with team crest on And, uh, and uh, some shorts Some nice Bermuda shorts
2: How much are they going to retail for? <laughs>
1: that's a good ken bates though that's a memory there's, there's a few people around this place who were working here he was here they're hiding under the tables including me so yes as you can hear andy jacobs are quite a quite terrible actor Absolutely. but andy smart as as, as mm. andy jacobs just said was a very good one and had performed all over the world and uh, they had this regular gig that they used to do every year At The Globe, Shakespeare's Globe Theatre in London. Oh, he loved that. Yeah. Mm. I mean, they did a a few of those kind of... They used to do the Regent's Park as well at times, Mm. didn't they? But The Globe was one they absolutely coveted. And uh, Andy one day told us about um, how that came about, that gig... And also, Harry, played a bit of sport with a Shakespearean actor.
3: It's, it's my favourite gig of the year. I mean, it's great fun playing at the store, obviously, every Wednesday and Sunday. Yeah. It's the sort of National Theatre of Comedy. But to play the glow, where you're in the middle of the stage, you're, you're not more than uh, 50 feet from any one of the fi- 1,400 people that are crammed in there. Mm. So it's, and you've got 700 people in the, in the, in the, the courtyard there. Standing. Just standing yeah. in, the, in the rain, by the look of it. <laughs> but, <laughs> and no umbrellas allowed. Because that, that would spoil the view from of the course. people behind When we first did it, um, back in it was—it's our twentieth year there this year, and um, Mark Rylance chose us to to sort of come down and do the show there because he saw us <clears> in the <throat> store and said, "Well, that's how they would have done it." In What's the he old- got under that hat? I know I can't talk. <laughs> but what
2: is,
1: yeah, what, what is under there? Is do you under you think he keeps his hat? sandwiches well, under it. <laughs> tin of pineapple chunks. on there, I haven't seen. Have you ever before. seen
3: him without it? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I've oh, well, that was right. <laughs> well, that <sort> of, <laughs> When we first went down there. He used to say right on, uh, before the show he say right we'll have a, we'll have a game of um, heading tennis and we go, what? And you go, well, this is how we warm up before the... <laughs> the before head the... tennis. Yeah. They, what they do is they they get a, they close the, the, the doors on the, the mm. theatre and they, they run a, a rope from the stage to the middle door and tie it around the handles. And they, they use that as a net. So it's about sort of neck height for me. And then they play sort of like, it's only allowed to bounce one side, but you can play it off the galleries. and <laughs> It was like real head tennis. It was <laughs> like
1: real head tennis.
3: In a in you know, proper Elizabethan <laughs> theatre. So Ryan he didn't wear the hat when he. No, he didn't. He, he didn't wear the hat when he played that. No,
2: <laughs> Peter Check style hat. He wears, yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The amazing thing was, whenever you sat down with Andy and he started telling a few stories, he had just met so many people, wouldn't he? You'd like mention any any actor, anybody. Say, oh yeah, I met him once. I was in. And, you know, mm. they were just br- brilliant tales that he always came up with. Well, coming up in a moment, we'll continue uh, over some of Andy's maddest sporting adventures, as well as his work with the amazing homeless charity Crisis. And, of course, the times we spent at Cheltenham together.
0: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right?
1: For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me.
0: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans.
1: Sky. All the birds are
2: this is Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs,
1: and you're listening to a special tribute podcast to our great mate Andy Smart, who we lost just over a couple of weeks ago. Now, um, not only did he uh, he watch a lot of sport, he got his hands dirty, didn't he? Yeah. He would uh, he would just get right in there. We mentioned. Pamploma and his love for Pamplona a little bit earlier on, and he was a regular on the show when he was over there telling us what was going on at the running of the balls. And this is an example of that. So he joined us live from Spain uh, when the event was actually on.
3: And the very first one was eighty-two. That was my first run, mm. and uh, sixty-second this morning. It was very quick this morning. It was two minutes eleven, which is very very fast.
2: I was going to say, do you do you have to run for two minutes and eleven? That's quite a long time.
3: No 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 no. Oh no no no. No, no I, I just I, I, I ran about 5 yards today. And I so thought they should
1: have a kind of vet's run with a very old ball that just sort of has a little meander and, the, and all you all you six, 60 pluses all kind of wander along. That's a good idea. Wander along as well pat it on the head as it goes past you. Uh, yeah. Yeah, a donkey with some horns on. It. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, you'd say every year when we speak to you about it, you know, you get a lot more kind of tourists thinking, yeah, that'll be a fun thing to do, and then you see you see the look in their eyes when uh, when you know they know the ball's been released and it's about to come round the
3: corner. Yeah, there were some young, there were some young American lads this morning, and uh, I said, "Is it your first run?" You could tell by the, just the way they were shaking, and, I, <laughs> and they they said, "Yeah, yeah." Uh, have you done it before? I went, "Yes, yeah, my 60th." And they just went, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: it is, it is an incredible thing. I like the way it starts. The uh, the referee he, he fires a rocket in the sky. <laughs> yeah, sensational.
3: I know. Yeah, yeah. He fires the rocket. And then he fires another one to let you know that they're all left the pen. So you want them, you want the two rockets close together.
0: Hmm.
3: Uh, so you're, you're actually counting the, the seconds between the two rockets as, as you're sort of jogging into place where you want to start your run from.
2: Okay. And then
3: people, people run from Estafeta, or um, there was uh, Gus, my, my mate Gus. He's, he's done two hundred and eight runs, but he goes to all the different because there's lots of uh, bull runs all over Spain, and he's he he goes to uh, about five or six a year. So he's done 208 runs this morning. Oh. It's
2: very interesting because everybody's wearing white. But there's a bloke here wearing a, a red shirt with number one on the back and the ball's just caught him. You think red's the last colour I'd wear in front of a ball.
1: <laughs> Is that a fallacy or not?
3: It, yeah, yeah, because yeah, they're, they're actually colour blind so they can't actually see any colour. So it's all, it's all black and white to them. And um, it, so they, they just go for movement. They've got very poor eyesight.
1: So they're, they're, they're not big fans of snooker. Quite, yeah. They don't watch balls don't watch a lot of snooker. <laughs> now, what a thing to say. <laughs> Do they uh, they the sitting there saying, Oh, we should have screwed back more on that one. Yeah. Not great not great positional play there by Maguire. <laughs>
3: Big fans of humphrey bogart though yeah <laughs> <laughs> and All it,
2: it, the humphrey, York, shops be... along the side that can't be good for business really well they reopen after the run <laughs> i would imagine a lot of trade during I mean, you that. wouldn't know yeah, you it's not a time to go down go down and do your shopping is it
1: <laughs> go and get your go and get your paper and your mars bar <laughs> just, yeah. that wasn't just the ball running we always got andy involved in no mm. um the other big event that he sort of took live for us for quite a few years Was the Shrove Tide Tuesday football in Ashbourne in Derbyshire?
2: We treated it like a proper game of football, didn't we? Yeah. He was our reporter.
1: It's the upwards and downwards. It's this huge game of football, hundreds of people playing, trying to get. Uh, the ball that's kind of a ball there's a river involved that's right yeah <laughs> people's front gardens it's absolutely the maddest game of football ever and we wouldn't have any, anybody else <laughs> no. uh cover it for us because andy got right
2: in there in the hug didn't he
1: yeah. right in the strut. we kept going
2: back to we'd come back to the studio and go back to him and that's was...
1: right yeah just during the course of let' go back to andy's it was always quite a low scoring affair yeah but uh, anyway it's a selection of andy's updates into our show from 2015.
3: Upwards and downwards. I'm playing for the Downards and okay. we've got a lovely day for it. It's absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's I, I, it's the warmest uh, game I've ever played in. It's normally two foot of snow on the ground, but the the pitch is a bit like Bradford's. It's uh, got <laughs> firm parts, and uh, there's uh, very muddy areas in the, towards the goals. Uh it's uh, yeah it's, it's it's a lovely day for it.
1: Have um, you got
2: the team lineups
1: for us? Yeah, Andy? can you run through can the two through, <laughs> run through the two sides <laughs> in the formation. <laughs> we'll be at about half past five. <laughs> How many a side is it <laughs> Andy roughly?
3: It's it's about 400 a side but there's probably only about 100 at a time actually in the hug. Okay. So uh and then there's about 4000 people watching around the outside of the hug. Right. So it, it's uh, it's a big deal and uh, it nearly it did actually nearly didn't happen this year because yeah. uh, the insurance uh, is a problem, but uh, they've, they've somehow managed to, to get that together, and it, it, it looks like we're going to have a lovely day for it. I'm very excited.
1: Any goals yet?
3: Uh, no, no goals. Uh, we've had. have uh, got some bad news. It's been through Memorial Gardens twice, even though we've been warned not to be in here. Oh no! Um, oh, no. It, it was stuck. Uh, first, they got the, the up. Uh, it's got the four out of the car park. And took it up Madge's corner. Oh and dear!
1: Do uh, I yeah. like the sound of that? <laughs> <laughs> Is Madge okay? <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's the name of a road. Sorry about yes, that. Yes, and, then of course.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and then it was it was up against two cars who obviously parked there thinking that the ball would never go up that way. Um, and uh, they're, 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 I think uh, they've got a few uh, marks on them. And then it went over to... (laughs) I love the way you brush it
1: under the carpet. There's two cars that have been probably flattened. They've got a couple of marks on them. The
3: marshals were trying to keep the the hug away from the cars, but uh, that's what caused it to then go through the holly uh, hedge and into the Memorial Gardens, where it was run down by the uh, downers, tried to get it down into the river and then through the tunnel under Waitrose. (laughs) <laughs> but they—they've uh, <laughs> been stopped by the uppers, and now it's just north of the uh, duck pond in the River Henmore, uh, the Henmore Brook, at the moment. It's just like it's in, when it's in the, the hug is like a big amoeba, with the the ball is the nucleus, and it just sort of flows and moves, and you've got no telling which way it's going to go. We just nearly got trampled in. It was—I uh, got a bit too close to the river just as the ball popped out, and it was literally. On the end of my t- it got kicked off the end of my toe. I thought, I, I thought I'd got it there. I thought I'd touched it there, but I hadn't.
1: I was going to say, how many yeah. times have you played in, in this game over well, the years?
3: Well, this is actually the 35th anniversary of my first one. So I've probably played in about 20 games since that first one. And I just love it. I mean, it, the, the, the atmosphere is fantastic. Uh, the pubs are open. Uh, what more could you ask for?
1: <laughs> how many times have you touched the ball in those 20 years?
2: Uh probably about fifty times. <laughs> oh, that's,
1: that's not bad. There's some pros it's who take bad. that in football. Let's have a look at his touch
2: map over the thirty five year old thirty five year old heat map yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. we've got. Most, most
3: of it's in the car park, yeah, <laughs> yeah, before, yeah exactly. it, before it gets before he gets into the field yeah. How we far are be, you from
1: we... the ball now as we speak?
3: Uh, I'm about 20 yards. Do you want me oh, yeah. to try and get closer? If it up to, I'm not, I
1: don't want to get you in there. I just wondered. Yeah. I've I'm just, I'm just seen... Yeah, to I, can get, from...
3: I, can, I can get in. Now, oh, no, now. It's typically, it's now moving quite fast away from
2: me. Oh, dear. Well, into children's playground. Into
3: oh, here we go. Right, I've caught it up again. Right, OK. It's, uh, it's always on the edge of the Memorial Gardens, and they're not happy about that. But uh, the naughty boys are now trying to get it in there. No.
1: The marshals step right, in, don't oh. they? I'm now in the hug now, right at the in, back of it. Right at the back of the hug.
3: Yeah, Yeah. and they're saying, back off, back off. Back off? Because, back off because everyone's backing off because they don't want it to go to the Memorial Gardens. Someone just got a right hand up right next to the ball. I saw that.
1: Oh, oh, no. I Deliberate I don't know or accidental?
3: <laughs> um, well, I think uh, I think he was trying to get it in the Memorial Garden, so he was, he was uh, punished for his efforts. <laughs> it sounds
2: like a self-police event. It could be retrospective action. It could be. Hold it there. No, hold it. Get it back. Get it back. (laughs) Sporting the
1: roar, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Get it! back. Get it up.
1: Squirm it. Get it up.
2: I'm
3: now
1: about
3: four <laughs> foot away from it. <laughs> I can't reach. Oh, God, I'm coming out. Oh, okay, out oh, you come, God. Andy.
1: Out you come. We right do you, appreciate man. you trying to get Thanks, Thanks very much. Yeah. Much appreciate the belly of the beast. Now, they're laughing at me. They're oh, laughing. No. Now. Don't let them do it. You get back in there and show Moo's <laughs> boss. No, it's I'm done. going for a pint now.
0: That's.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like right. football used stirling, to be. Sterling Wild. <laughs> used to be back in the old days. Yeah. Go and have a pint. Yeah. One of the other sports beyond the Shrove Tide Tuesday football was the um, cheese rolling at Cooper's Hill in Gloucestershire. Dangerous. And I'm reading uh, Harry Pearson's new book, No Pies, No Priest, which is a really interesting read, and there's a chapter in it about... He's going to come and talk to us about it in the studio, but there's a chapter in it about the cheese rolling. And Andy Smart was kind of responsible for it becoming big time because no one was really watching it. It was a kind of local dude. Mm. And then he went off for Maxim magazine. And did a big piece on the cheese rolling, and the following year there were four thousand people there to watch it. And he always felt a bit of a responsibility <laughs> that it had got quite big time because of uh, his coverage of it. And here he was in 2016 to watch it unfold.
3: It's basically a 230-yard hill down a sort of uh, very, very steep slope, almost a cliff face, really. And they sort of let a cheese roll uh, off the top of it, and then they 25 runners run after it. And uh, we've had Chris. We've had two uh, men's races so far. Both won by Chris Anderson, who's now won about I think that's his uh, 13th out of uh, 16. The last 16 races he's won. And Flo Sterling won the uh, women's race, uh, although she went through a nil patch at some speed and. Her arms and her stomach are covered in that varnish. The dock leaves all round, is it? Everybody's <laughs> That's been looking not for it. No idea, is yeah. it? I mean, what's, a, what's <laughs> their technique? If I was straight there with the dock leaves, I promise.
1: <laughs> um, Chris and Flo, <laughs> what's their technique, Andy? I mean, do, is it their oasis <laughs> technique? Do they roll with it? How do, they, how do they? What do they do? How do they get down the bottom of the hill? What makes them so good at it?
3: Well, we asked, we asked Flo, and she said, she said, well, you, you can't be scared of falling. You've just got, to, you've just got to. If you fall, you've just got to let your, let your body flow through the through the, the motion of falling, and then bounce back up and try and carry on running. Are you
1: going off again in a moment for that last run? Or?
3: I'm not going, now. <laughs> I, I did it once in 93 and never again.
2: Really? Oh, really?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no, just yeah just I'd, rather, I'd rather run with balls than cheese.
2: Yeah, I thought they could combine the two, have some balls at the top of the hill, which is tremendous. The running of the cheese—it sounds like some some kind of competition. So what? Why?
1: I mean, you are pretty intrepid, so you're, you're quite able to be chased through the streets of Pamplona by a kind yeah. of a, a rampaging animal, but you won't run after a cheese down a hill on the face well, of, no, it, of it. People will be surprised. It,
3: it's it's so steep, it really is like just chucking yourself off a cliff after a piece of cheese. <laughs> and,
1: you wouldn't do that normally, and, would you? No?
3: You know, you know, you know, the, you know that, that home a bit where. He hits every rock on the way down. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> it's like that. Imagine that with twenty-five people doing it at the same time. Wow! And they and they're getting caught up with each other, and they're they they you know they're they're doing complete somersaults uh, about six foot off the ground because of the speed they're going.
1: So I mentioned the Cresta Run just now. He went mm. off with Marcus mm. Brigstock, his fellow comedian and pal, to go and do that. Um, it, it was a lifelong ambition uh, to take it on. And he finally got to do it. This kind of ice skeleton racing track, and if I, it's still up there at the moment, I'm sure as a as a memorial, it will still be there. Uh, uh, the kind of pinned tweet on Andy Smart's Twitter mm. is his Cresta Run run, and it looks terrifying. But uh, anyway, here he is telling us about it.
3: It's the oldest uh, bobsleigh run in the world. Uh, it was invented by crazy uh, English arist- aristocrats back in in the 1870s, and it's uh, a very fast track. And you go down. The morning we did it, it was uh, it was quite warm, so we had to go down on an American sled, which mm. uh, basically uh, the sort of sled that you you, you see in the park. Yeah. but you're going down a proper bobsleigh run, and you're. You go down head first, your chin's about two inches off the ice. Wow. And when you come out of shuttlecock, you you hit stream, you take a right turn, and then there's a a four, well, about a 500-yard straight track, and you're just going, uh, you get up to about 60, 70 miles an hour, and then you go through... Two more bends, which is like going through a washing machine. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: And then you then you sort of hurtle around this corner and there's a little French guy who sort of stops you, grabs you. Wow. And, as you're going on the upslope. And then uh, then you get it back in a, a van and you take yourself, they take you and the sled back up and you do it again. me. Shuttlecock was the hardest bit. And uh, you really, because it, it, there's no bank to it like a normal bobsled track. Yeah. And if you come off at Shuttlecock, then you become a member of the Shuttlecock club and right. you get to wear a tie. Right. And of course, oh, probably you I didn't it, well, come back off brace as well. I would <laughs> <laughs> That's where most of the injuries are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I, 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 managed to get through it all three, three runs, and so I'm not a member. And I was, I was actually thinking of coming off at Shuttlecock. Mm.
1: No, I think one of the reasons that Andy kind of seized the day, never said no to anything, and lived life to the full, because it was nearly a pretty short-lived life. Because uh, when he was young, it's a story he tells in the book. He nearly lost his life. This is, this is what he had to tell us.
3: I did actually die when I was seven. So I was, dead. You really? yeah, I was dead for about two and a half minutes, yeah. Good. I drowned in a canal and then... Uh, yeah, <laughs> We never
2: knew that about
3: you. Good. So I, I've got two birthdays now. It's great. Did seven
2: and a half years <laughs> flash before you? <laughs> well, yeah,
3: there wasn't really much. A couple of football games and a yo-yo. That was it. Who saved your life then? <laughs> uh, my dad, luckily, was a deep-sea diver uh, in his first career. And he dived in and he, uh, he, he, he got me out the canal. And then my mm. mum had seen... Uh, he didn't have all the gear on, though, did he? I mean, he, wasn't, he
1: wasn't prepared. <laughs> it was, Those it, great uh, heavy <clears throat>
3: boots and that round helmet. It hmm. was his birthday as well. He was, we were Blackberry picking it um, by, by the basingstoke Stoke Canal, and I had right. tested out my wellies and slipped in down some uh, green guns oh, on the side. Right. And, uh, yeah, the, the, I, I came round on the way to the hospital and threw <laughs> up all over me mum's best flowery dress. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I was in hospital for a week while they pumped all the water out of my lungs. Good. Wow, really, yeah. yeah. Andy. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good to see you. It's good to well, know no, you're here. Yeah, yeah. So that, I think that's nice one. Birthday. That's one of the reasons why I took all the stupid chances that I've done over the years because I thought I was sort of yeah. indestructible. So that's why I went, you know, riding on tops of trains and bull running and uh, yeah, skiing yeah, at ridiculous yeah. speeds. Do you think it does give you a different outlook? Then, you yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It definitely made me feel sort of yeah invulnerable. Yeah. He certainly did seize the day,
1: didn't he? I think, I think oh, absolutely. it's fair to say <laughs> he wrung the very last drop out mm-hmm. of it. But sometimes the best moments with Andy came from absolutely nowhere. That something would be going on in this studio, some kind of mm. carnage, or when Andy opened his uh, infamous notebook, Andy Jacobs opened mm. his infamous notebook, and we'd get some of his wacky stories and uh, Andy Smart would uh, join in. So, uh, little example. A great joiner in, there. yeah. He was that's a brilliant joiner in there, That's right.
2: Here's the three of us talking about our famous relatives. You reckon that one in seven people are related to Genghis Khan? Yeah, there was a, there was a TV
3: programme sure about <laughs> three or four months ago about saying that yeah, one in seven people on the planet are related to Genghis Khan. I don't think I am.
2: Yeah, about... I don't think
3: about... <laughs> there's a lot of Genghis a in little, me. I think there's a little bit of Genghis oh, in you. I think you. there is, <laughs> yeah. too, yeah.
2: It's true. <laughs> if you had a horse... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're all related to someone, of course. So... Well, no. thank you very much. It's great to have a genealogist in the building. <laughs> You're, you're related to the Beckhams. The David and Beckham, Len Goodman. Da-
1: David Beckham and Len Goodman, my aunt uh, tells me.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I'm related to Sam Costa, veteran radio yeah. star of the, and, of uh, the war. What about I, you? Uh, I've got um, uh, Robert the Bruce, apparently.
3: Of oh, course, that my the anti a bit.
2: If we're playing top trumps,
1: beats Len Goodman.
3: Yeah. Well, he's only known for playing with spiders, really. <laughs>
1: <laughs> who, led? That's your last That's <laughs> your last gig in Scotland,
3: yeah, I would imagine.
1: Len's remember. got
2: a spider. He takes one leg off. How many are left? Of course. Ridiculous. Why don't you take the
1: leg off a spider? That's the Genghis Khan, isn't <laughs> See?
2: What did I tell you, You're pulling he's the legs off
1: spy- to the surface so quick—he's a- only just realised the fact that he's pulling the legs off spiders—and yeah. maybe sticking with
2: a bit of total nonsense. Uh, here's the three of us uh, discussing the Booker Prize. It's the Man Booker Prize. week, always the Booker Prize as we know it. Yeah, I don't know who Man is. Is it, is it a Man? Is it a yeah. bloke called Man? M A Double N. No, no, it says here Man M A N. I always thought it was M A Double N. I know, yeah. I don't know why it is, but they, they're offering odds on it. You can bet on it, and uh, the favourite is. Uh, Lads, seven to one. So I don't know.
1: Lads, seven to one. Yeah, is go. that what you've got for us? <laughs> that's
2: what I've got. Do you know anything more about the book? <laughs>
1: Lads, seven to
3: one. Okay. Uh, man Booker Prize. Seven to one's a very high-priced <laughs> favourite. Yeah. That's Must not, be
1: the longest. True,
2: really,
1: yeah. Lads, seven... There's no book called Lads. <laughs> <laughs> no, where are you getting that from? <laughs> Hold on. The, the favourite is The Underground uh, Railroad by uh, oh, Colson uh, White. Oh, that's a brilliant book. You've read that two yeah, to yeah, one, yeah, so Andy's yeah. giving I mean, it the thumbs up. If he's I the man in the Man Booker. That's a
3: fantastic book about the slaves going north. That's... That's really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Reservoir 13, John McGregor. Is that? Is that I'm, I've um,
2: I've only read one. Only oh, no, one... Home Fire is seven to one. Sorry, lads is okay. just in brackets. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> written by a group of blokes. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's written <laughs> yeah, yeah. by Camilla Shamsie. Oh, right. Yeah. Alf's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Sir Alf Shamsie. Well, I can't be right. No, not at all.
1: Um... <laughs> Who's in there that we. Uh, Zadie Smith's book's in there, Swing Time. Oh, right, yeah. there. I've read Lincoln in the Bardo. Have oh, you? Yeah. Uh, George Thomas. Yeah, it's, it's good. They're making a film of it now. It's a very high this show. I know. But they're all in there. Honestly, I wasn't oh, expecting to this to on the TV. That's no, <laughs> not so bad, is it? By the way, uh, Frank De DeBoer's lost his job. But What <laughs> 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 about the chances of uh, Paul Auster doing it again? Uh, Lads uh, means Ladbrooks, you Burke.
2: Oh, sorry. Thank you, Bob and Arbroath.
1: They're the, they're the people... They're the, <laughs> thank you, Bob.
2: They're the people setting the odds. <laughs> not,
1: not the name of the
2: book.
1: <laughs> now, one of Andy's uh, biggest loves was his uh, football <clears throat> team, Farnborough. Oh, absolutely. A huge fan. He'd supported the club for over 50 years. He'd even been uh, doing co-commentaries for the in-house uh, radio station. And, um, I mean, this is just an example of uh, Andy's sort of Farnborough fandom... He joined us just after he commentated on their playoff win, which saw them promoted to the Conference South. They were 1 0 down in this game with Farnborough. Um, and in the 86th minute, uh, they got the winning goal, having fought back into the game. This is uh, how it all unfolded. Andy Smart on country duty.
2: Now, Sam Dearing's joined the party. He comes in the middle. If he can
1: find the right pass, which he has to Paul Hodges, now he's got. Thank you.
2: Sam Dearing's in. Can he find a goal, Sam Deering? Goal! No! No! Sam Deering! Cool, Come!
3: collective! He finds the bottom corner and the corner go ballistic and it's a goal! It's a goal, goal, goal! What a great through ball. Sam started that run from the edge of the halfway line and he's run a good 40 yards there through the defence.
1: Somebody
2: has
3: thrown a flare on the pitch again.
1: We
2: don't care about flares! (laughs) 2
1: 1! Don't throw flares! (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, you do care about. Well, you mean, Flair, so you then, do clearly. care about. It. That was like a South American commentary, wasn't it? <laughs> well, that? well, good. Oh. Well, maybe not the accent.
1: <laughs> no. But um, yeah, so there we are. That's what the uh, Southern League Premier Division South Playoff <laughs> Finals do to a man. <laughs> don't anyway, they forget the Hampshire Cup. Yeah, that's right. It's so the, a double. It was the double. Oh, yeah. The sensible head there was our, our good friend <laughs> yeah, Andy much more Smart. Sensible. Good afternoon. Yeah. Man. You were looking. It's such a good thing that you don't have VAR in those <laughs> in those leagues. So made you him. Oh no, he's offside. Awesome. He's awesome. Don't throw flares. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that, that, the other guy was uh, is Chris Payne. He's a lovely man, and mm. uh, he gets very excited when we score. <laughs> but to be fair to him, he gets very exci- excited when the other teams score. We were, <laughs> when we played down at Taunton, he was doing the commentary. And uh, when Taunton scored, he went, go, 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 go. And the, the, the Taunton photographer turned around and went, He's very fair, isn't he? (laughs) (laughs) It's
2: unfair. You don't want that.
3: It was a tense affair as you can imagine because it's it's such a big thing for us to get back into the conference mm. house it's
2: where we well, really belong so are you now two divisions off league two is that right that's right well, yeah we're, we're only six divisions off, off the premiership yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> so uh, this is the best
1: moment for you as a Farnborough fan since when would you say Andy
3: I say since oh my goodness I say since about the uh the Arsenal game back in 2000 but
2: yeah no it's uh it's <laughs> a long time yeah, yeah. You are the face, the public face of Farnborough Do you get a bit of stick from the fans? I mean, Chelsea fans hate me, you know, because anybody that speaks publicly about the club. Do you get any of that? Yeah, yeah. there's a, there's a, there's a little group. It's- <laughs> Andy
3: Buffton often, as I walk past, he goes, "Oh, there's a funny man." Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe he means it. Maybe he actually means it. <laughs> That's
3: brilliant. <laughs> no, but they're, no, mm. they're all very nice to me down there. Especially, uh, especially John, John who does the parking, and, and Paul Pullen who does the, who um, looks after the pitch with Kevin. They're all, no, they're all, they're all very nice to me down
1: there. It's, it's great John who does so, the like, parking. If you're when you're in the Premier League, you won't be able to talk about yeah. John who does the parking. <laughs> 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 have a whole parking department all about 200 grand a year, <laughs> won't you? Well, I think the place that we would most associate with um, uh, Andy Smart is is Cheltenham and the Cheltenham Festival. Absolutely. He's a, he was a, a, a big punter, loved uh, having a punt, loved Cheltenham, loved all the big meetings, but especially the Cheltenham Festival, staying at John Joe's Yard. Yeah. He had a little billet there, didn't he, he where did. he would stay for a couple of days. Um, when we started to do the festival, we knew Andy was a racing fan. And again, he was a great joiner, it. Mm. We got him involved. We'd always make sure he did uh, first a day and then a couple of days. And eventually he did all us. four days. I think he was more or less <laughs> turning up if he could, if he could afford to do it. Um, we used to get some great tips, didn't we? I mean, as I said, I always mm. seemed to punt with Andy on a bad day. And the
2: days I ignored his tips, he had a good day. That's the way it tended to work. <laughs> he was a clever punter. He really studied it. Yeah. And, uh, but it wasn't just the day. I mean, he'd come with us afterwards. Yeah, we'd, go, we'd go, and out and go out in the evening. Yeah, and loads yeah.
1: of stories over a few pints of Guinness. It was always uh, a joy. Let's let's play you some of our favourite Andy Smart moments from the Cheltenham Festival. We have different guests joining us in the uh, box. And on uh, Thursday, we, we earmarked Andy Smart, the ball-runner comedy store player. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to get a ticket for a Gold Cup day. So no. we thought he thought he'd be going home last night. Yeah. But uh, um, luckily, yeah, the good people at Paddy Power took pity on him. Yeah. Got him in today. He's, he managed to get hold of a ticket, courtesy of Paddy. And like, like a bad penny, here he is again, uh, Andy Smart, welcome back.
3: Ha-ha! You thought you got rid of me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Welcome back. And, uh, of course, obviously wearing the same clothes as yesterday. Well, but well beer. But not the same pants and socks. No. no. There, was a, there was a quite
1: worrying moment uh, <laughs> where uh, Paddy Power has obviously got his uh, Paddy Power pants. And you saw those and you said, right, yeah, that's one thing I do I would like to change. But for some reason, you started to head for the balcony here. You're, you're going to change your underpants on the balcony. <laughs> Uh, but thankfully, you were just picking yeah, up yeah, your bag yeah, near yeah. the balcony yeah. To, yeah. to have a wash and brush and, up. And
3: a, of, and a free pair of socks as well. Free pair of socks. done me proud. That's right. i feel much better now.
2: <laughs> now, Andy, last night you uh, slept with the talk TalkSports <laughs> staff. Yeah. I don't mean literally. <laughs>
3: <Yeah. laughs> we definitely night, staying over. Yeah. Yeah. What
2: a <laughs> night it was. <laughs> on, the, on the
3: sofa. <laughs> on the sofa. Yeah. <laughs> which had been slept on many times before because uh, the two cushions were sagging down either side of a, a wooden bit in the middle. So it was like sleeping hanging up over a wall always <laughs> oh, very comfortable could be being part of one of those magicians levitation tricks <laughs> yeah. luckily, uh, luckily <laughs> the 15 pints of Guinness made me sleep through it
1: Andy Smart has joined us well He's this is uh, the big one Never no mind the gold <laughs> yeah I mean the gold cup is one thing but Cheltenham's reddest face it's oh, a competition yeah. we've been holding yes. for many years the, during Cheltenham week as we're here we do see a lot of very red faced people I don't know, maybe it's, I don't know if it's the alcohol it's the blood pressure well, it's a or combination or
2: of the alcohol the country living yes and the sort of Blustery conditions. I mean, really, ideally, to more the alcohol. The person <laughs> the judging alcohol. it should be John Ruddy. He should, he should be. be
1: but <laughs> he, we can't afford John Ruddy. So a man that's won this competition on a number many of occasions. Years, yeah, many years. Yeah, I'd say the Ruby Walsh of uh, Cheltenham's reddish face, <laughs> uh, and that is uh, Andy Smart. Andy, you're judging this year. We just. Uh, I am, I'm yeah. not sure how good a radio this. You're going to look at five photographs. Well, it's quite good. I've got
2: the Pantone colours up. Oh, so, okay. We've yeah, yeah. right. got Flame Scarlet. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm going to start putting money on these. Stop it. <laughs> Goji berry. Goji berry. What's Tomato. On, what race is it in?
3: OK. <laughs> Well, we start with the guy on the back of a. He's, he's on one of the um, training uh, machines that where the, <laughs> the jockeys use. Yeah. And uh, he's well, he would have a red face there. He's got yeah, a sweat on. He could on, be isn't exerting he? himself. He's really exerting himself. I've got to rule him out. I think I think he's going to have <laughs> yeah. to be disqualified. Okay, that, well, he's that's, gone. That's an enhanced red face. Though. <laughs> the next one we've got is a, a lovely picture of a waiter. Yeah. Um, because obviously you can't just take a picture of no. someone who's got a red face. Yeah, you have to have someone in there <laughs> no. form. You so like you're, you're taking a picture of the something else. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but he, he's, he's, he's sort of got that vermilion tinge. He's, he's, he's got a chance.
2: Yeah. I'd say yeah. uh, they'd what describe would you go me a Pantone. There? Adrenaline rush. Adrenaline, adrenaline rush red. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Pantone reference. Although he doesn't look like he's doing
3: anything <laughs> that might cause an adrenaline rush. No. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no,
2: he's
3: sitting
1: <laughs> in the bar with a glass <laughs> of wine in <laughs> his hand. Uh, he's next, in the frame is he yeah, yeah, yeah. The,
3: the next guy has made a terrible mistake he's, wear, he's wearing a waistcoat which has got a, a very sort of dark red back on it mm. and it matches his face <laughs> well that uh, could be good matching <laughs> face and waistcoat it's
2: got to be extra points isn't it yeah
3: that's just that's just really sort of gloating isn't it that's yes like, indeed look how red my face is it's yeah. the same colour as my waistcoat <laughs> And we have got um, Pres- uh, Presbury Park uh, in bed. For oh somebody? yeah. <laughs> Sockley. Oh, Sockley
1: Park. He's known as Presbury for He's years. Well, Chelsea he is, but, but he's, he's disqualified <laughs> because he's he's basically a red sock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he's got a red <laughs> face. Yeah, but he's got a he's a red sock. That's not. It's not someone who's yeah, no, no, I'm disqualified. He's no, yeah, disqualified. He's, he's out. Disqualified. I'm happy out. about
2: that. Yeah. I'll have to tell him.
1: Tell Sockley he's out of the running. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be gutted. Uh, he's disappointed, really. Yeah, of course he is. He's got all his Cheltenham gear on. And finally, Andy. Was it? Well, no,
3: there's two more. There's the one with Andy. <laughs> stood in front of the, a guy in a green tweed suit mm. who uh, is on the phone, and uh, he's he's very it's quite weird because it's he's, he's red all round the middle of his face. Yeah. But he's sort of pink around the outside. <laughs> so I'm going to have to do, I'm going to have to put him down to about third, I think. Okay. And then the last one is uh, I think that was probably last night, was it? Uh, there's a bottle of you've taken a picture of a <laughs> bottle of Singer. Yes. <laughs> Other beers are available, and. Uh, <laughs> sat behind him is a very red man a yeah. very red man and another got the on reference to... Andy um, is it more Sangria sangria. sangria oh wow
1: <laughs> Sangria is the reference
3: Sangria so does he look like our winner I think he's the winner yeah he's Mr Vermilion to me
1: well done uh, well done <laughs> to him not happy Sockley Sockley could, do, it a, a he could do an emu <laughs> <of> Michael Parkinson <laughs> <laughs> he's got <one> <laughs> ah, <Not> ah, <laughs> anyway, a the anyway beautifully judged every year
2: with you we play the Peter O'Sullivan game We where we basically Basically, commentate on whatever you've seen. Yeah, but we've decided a new d- uh, version of it this year. Right. Okay. It's Peter O'Sullivan commentates to f- lyrics of. Facebook. I don't know
1: why we started. Uh, yeah. Do it. We started doing it just earlier on. We were listening. Yeah, to yeah. Whenever you enter, whenever you enter the uh, the Cheltenham. that's oh, uh, all you
2: or can or hear. Actually. <laughs> so
1: we were wondering if Peter O'Sullivan had made an album, but yeah. in the style of his commentaries. Oh, you oh, know, fantastic. My yeah. milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> They're like, and "It's better than yours." Damn right, it's better than yours. I'll teach you, but I have to charge my milkshake. Do you get the idea? It's an old man,
2: 1090 you won the lottery and died the next day it's black fly in your Chardonnay it's death row pardon two minutes too late isn't it ironic don't you think yeah it would
1: be good wouldn't it Peter O'Sullivan <laughs> yeah. sings all that long long time ago I can still remember bye bye Miss American Pie. I drove the Chevy 11 I mean it would get a bit irritating I mean, as, as you're yeah, proving yeah, it, <laughs> it would be a great
3: album it would be irritating bit irritating sadly you, are you
1: prepared to have a go I'll have a go yeah Yeah. Okay. as a great <laughs> <laughs> improviser <Yeah. laughs> knees up Mother <laughs> Brown knees up Mother <laughs> Brown under the table
3: you must go ei you get the idea of that you want to give, give
1: to any yeah. song you like uh, pretty
3: women out walking with gorillas up my street. Is she really going out with him? Is she? Is she? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: I believe she is old. Oh, no. I hear oh, the train good. coming,
3: just coming round the bend. Yeah. <laughs> so I, look, I have seen sunshine since I don't know when. It <laughs> wouldn't be
2: Cheltenham without you, Andy. You, oh, you're it's always with us. Fantastic. But I know. Look, too. I think it would go on. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't mean would, the whole. It's <laughs> not that important. I mean important. our show at Cheltenham. <laughs> it wouldn't be H and J at Cheltenham without you, Andy. Oh, thank you. So there we are. We
1: hope you, we've given you a flavour of uh, what Andy's all about. The other thing that people will remember, if they listen <clears throat> to the Christmas show, especially the Christmas Eve show, is his work with Crisis, the homelessness charity. He had a little spell uh, where he was homeless, and I don't think he ever quite forgot that, Andy. Mm. Um, and he always wanted to do what he could. It was a charity very close to his heart, uh, especially at Christmas, And every year he would volunteer throughout the festive period and he would work for the charity. Uh, And he used to come in on the Christmas Eve show with the listeners and talk about what he was about to do and why everybody's small contribution made such a difference. You are volunteering for crisis once yep. again. Crisis 15th again. year.
3: 15, <laughs> 15 glorious When I started in 2007, the numbers were going down, and now they've just, I mean, it's crazy now. I mean, they've, they've gone up, homeless people have gone up, a uh, number of people on the, sleeping on the streets have gone up 52% since last Christmas. So. Wow, we. That's I know, bad. it's terrible. And, and, they, and you
2: really, I mean, you feel it at any time of the year, but yeah. when it's really cold and you look at me, it's going to be terrible. I know, out there today must be oh.
3: yeah. Since I've been started, really, we've been doing it in schools. One year we had the BBC, old, the old BBC rehearsal studios, right. for one year before they knocked them down. Um, and we had a, a, an office building by the city airport for th- three years. That was good. Um, and then we, we were doing it in schools. So we'd take over a school and, and, and they'd sleep them 60 to the gymnasium and, and sort of another 60 in the in the, in the dance mm. studio, whatever the school had. But really. it's worth pointing out it's not just shelter, is it? You tell us it's worth kind of recapping on what the... Yeah. The, the, well, the, the, the idea the coming... is that um, we, we give them a good Christmas, basically. And uh, in giving them a good Christmas, they come in and they have a, a You know, they have their big Christmas dinner on Christmas Day and they have entertainment in the evening and stuff, but... while we've got them there, we can also—they get checked for TB. They have a podiatrist comes in and checks their feet because they get obviously they get a lot of uh, trouble with their feet because they don't get a chance to wash them that often. Um, they get uh, seen by um, the the, the dole people. They get seen by housing people. They get seen by doctors. They get, get haircuts. They get fresh clothing. They get oh, it's it it just when you see the transformation on the, from the first day. To the last day, it's unbelievable mm. the, the the difference in in the in the in the way just the way they're walking down the corridors, you know, they, 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 their heads are up yeah. Know, they're sure. yeah, and they and they get to talk to all the volunteers as well, and the volunteer, which is it's just human contact, is it's so important to them, you know, at the, yeah. especially this time of year. How do you hear stories
1: Sorry, I got of? to say, do you hear stories mm. of people that you've seen come and come and go over the fifteen years that do come back, or do you ever get a chance to update their stories? Yeah,
3: and yeah, yeah, Turn their lives around. We've had, yeah, we've had. I mean, there was uh, my, my favorite one was. Ken he was um uh, he was so poor and he was he was an ex army and 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 when his dad died he he, he walked he did, he didn 't have any money, so he walked from London to Leeds, wow. missed the funeral obviously, put some flowers on his dad 's grave, and then walked back so cool. it took him six weeks cool. and and um he, he wasn 't there one year, and then the next year he came back as a volunteer and i said what what have you been up to then, Ken?" <laughs> and he'd been trained as a as a chef and he'd got a job working for a family cooking for a, a, a very rich family and he was living in in Knightsbridge cooking, wow. <laughs> cooking food for this Fantastic. family so i mean that was that was the big success story
1: so there we go that was uh, that was um our old mate uh, Andy Smart really in a nutshell mm. um he was a, an incredibly kind and selfless and generous man brilliant bloke and um, I think we'll uh, we'll finish with his work for Crisis. If you would like to make a donation today in his honour, um, there'll be no flowers at the funeral. The family mm-hmm. have asked that people make donations to Crisis, so that's what we'll be doing. So if you would like to make a small donation in in Andy's name, I know that would that would have meant a lot to him. If you go to crisis.org.uk, that's crisis.org.uk for more information. It's very very simple. To donate. So there we are. That's it for our special yep. podcast. Um, thank you so much for listening. We, we hope you enjoyed uh, that. It's a kind of bittersweet listen, really, from our it point is. of view, because we always kind of felt he was indestructible, didn't we? Absolutely. Even though he was sixty-three, yeah, was such and a shock, he, and he'd lived his life at eleven. You kind of think Andy's all people like Andy are always going to be around, but I think everybody out there has probably suffered a bereavement where someone you can't quite believe has gone has gone. So. We will miss him. Absolutely. Thanks for listening.